It's time for another episode of the Infinite Loopback Podcast, an Apple-themed technology podcast with your hosts, Brian Baggett, Jim Graham, Brad Tarver, and Jason Young. Welcome back, guys. How's it been? How long has it been? It's been at least a couple of months. I've been slammed with health things and other stuff going on, so been a busy fella. I, I see that uh, some of you guys have been a little bit slammed, too. Is that right? Yeah, work has been really busy, and then... You thought you were actually going to start living a life outside the house again there for just a little bit, and then that changed, and now we're right back into that again. So I traveled to Oxford this past weekend. I've got Beer Fest upcoming this coming weekend. So life is slowly getting back to normal. Yeah, it's funny. The Rolling Stones concert that I was supposed to go to in 2020 is actually happening in two days, and of course, I'm not going to get to go to it now, and I'm really bummed about that. The Beer Fest tickets that for the one I'm going to this Saturday, I bought in December of 2019. I looked it up earlier this week is when I bought the tickets and then they were supposed to have it. It was supposed to originally be a March of 2020 and they've been delaying and delaying. And finally this weekend we're doing it. Yeah. Talking about travel, we're actually, the family's going on a trip to Universal Orlando in a couple of weekends. So we're, we're finally getting to go. We're going to drive down and make a flying out of nowhere 72 hour trip for everything so we're looking forward to it we will ride the hulk many many times that is going to be quite the drive for you is it not it will be but it's a lot cheaper than flying again remember i'm the cheapskate of the chat there's no way i'm paying these prices to fly at a gtr or birmingham or even jackson no we'll drive it we're going to start driving down thursday night and sunday when it's done we'll come all the way back in, in one fell swoop i did that once from oxford all the way to orlando a long time ago and God, that was awful. It's about hour six when you've been on the road for six hours and you look at the map and you're like, I'm not even out of Florida yet. What is this? And uh, I don't know what it is, but it's like the distance from, say, Oxford to Birmingham or even Montgomery is about the same as the distance from uh, Orlando to Tallahassee. But the drive from Orlando feels so much longer. It's just... It is insane how much longer it feels. That's what she said. We have traveled out of town a couple of times just to see family and whatnot. And it's been kind of nice because I haven't even wanted to go see my parents just in that you're scared to death. Anybody could walk into your parents' house and they say, hey, Brad's coming up. And then all of a sudden some extras come over that you weren't expecting. And the first thought in my head is, are they vaccinated? But I feel like I can move around a little easier now that both Kim and I have had our booster, and I just feel like I'm pretty near chance I won't get it, (laughs) or or maybe soon anyway. (laughs) It's funny you mentioned visiting family because uh, I hadn't seen my parents in since uh, July, the two days before I had my heart attack in 2020. So it's been a year, almost a year and a half. And uh, I got to see them a couple of weeks ago, and, and it was pretty neat. So I've done a, I've been a little busy on this end, too. Just going to the doctor or the hospital like four times a week sometimes, it, it really sucks. It makes wanting to record a podcast very difficult sometimes. Well, since we have been gone for a while, there's been a lot of things that have changed, a lot of new stuff that's come out, starting with iOS 15. I, mean, I think uh, the last time we were scheduled to record but did not, I think we'd been using it for a few days. Now we've been using it for a few months. Anything that you guys would like to discuss in terms of iOS 15, what you like, what you don't like? 
I'll start with it. I, really on the iPad, it, it's just been widgets, widgets, widgets. It was funny at dinner tonight, me and my wife, we started playing Farmville 3. They finally released the third version. And so we've been playing a little bit of it. And she had hers out at dinner and noticed it. I said, wow, that's what the iPad screen looks like when it's just icons. I'm like, I, I, my screen's been nothing but widgets since I put the 15 betas on there and been running it. I still am upset that the widgets don't update very frequently. It's just weird how rarely they seem to update sometimes for me. But really, it's the new notifications. I still haven't really made the time to sit down and figure out the newest ones where it'll, this is a time-sensitive notification. Would you like to keep these enabled or not? Uh, I'm sure there's some settings with that I need to go play with. I'm hoping some of y'all have done something with Focus. I've not really done a lot with Focus. I need to sit down for an evening and play with it because I, it, it was one of the things that really excited me with it. And after widgets, probably my favorite thing has been the the 1Password Safari extension. That has been really nice on all platforms to be able to use. And I'm that weird guy that the new Safaris, I don't really seem to mind what, what they finished with. But it could be a different discussion. So I have used the profiles. I set one up for work, and that's the one that obviously I'm using the most. But I really love it. So I created a specific home screen or whatever you call it with you know, Teams and Outlook and all my authenticators and all that kind of stuff on that page. And I make it page one on my phone and half of the screen is my Outlook calendar widget. And then I've got my icons for the other apps. And so that comes on at 7.55 in the morning and it turns off at six at night. I, I work a lot. And so when I'm not working, if I see the notifications, I'll check in and I'm on a huge project. So there's always somebody doing something so I could always be working. It's really allowed me to hide everything when I'm not working. Those apps don't even exist on another home screen. They're just in the big list of apps thing. That's the only place they are is on that page one that only shows during the work session. And then when that one's gone, the apps are gone. And so there's no notifications, no nothing. And I have really loved that a lot on my phone. It's made all the apps I need are right there together. I've got the Outlook calendar on there for my day. And so I've really enjoyed that. I haven't done it. I've got like a personal one set up, but I really haven't done a whole lot with it. And the other one that I've started with, but I haven't really done a whole lot with, is I recently got a, a DJI drone in September. And so I have an authorization app that I have to use for the drone to make sure I'm authorized to fly at that point because I live close to a little airport here. And then the actual DJI app and all that kind of stuff. So that basically isn't littering up any screen. Basically, I can turn that on. It turns off all notifications for everything else, just has those apps on there. And so I need to play around with that one a little more. But that's been really neat. I've really enjoyed the focus as far as that goes. And then I'll chime in on Safari as well. At first, I made everything back like it was before. But when the new phone came in, I got the Max phone now. So I actually am enjoying the bar at the bottom because you can actually reach it at the bottom. So that is actually very nice. And so I don't really notice that too much anymore either. So that's been pretty cool as well. And I, I don't even notice the Max phone anymore. If I do anything on my wife's a normal iPhone 12 Pro, it feels small. Mine is normal now. I pick hers up and I'm like, wow, I can't believe this was what I did for the longest time because it automatically just feels small now. So I'm really enjoying having the uh, 13 Pro Max. I pretty much embraced Safari from the start, and it's only gotten better, like Jim said, with the Max phone. Because I went from 
normal phone to max phone this with this latest one and apple music seems to be a little smoother i've been embracing apple music more and more in the last several months trying to use it over spotify in, in the car and it seems to just work a little better than it did on ios 14 i'm doing like you and using maps more and i really am liking just the little nuanced things that it does differently than ways like you were talking about where it won't say in 500 feet turn right it'll say at the next light turn right and it's just those little usability improvements really make a big difference to me that is i use it a lot just so that i can accurately tell somebody hey i'll be there in exactly 18 minutes or whatever or I have a better ballpark figure when I'm going somewhere because I travel a lot during the day. And there are those places where I may get off onto a little side street that I don't know where I'm, I don't know the road. And it's just better with maps than it has been with ways. I guess that's the main thing. And also like Jim, my wife hasn't upgraded to a, thir- a 13 Pro yet. She wanted to keep her 12 Pro for whatever reason. So she's on the smaller phone, so I have that similar experience like Jim with your phone's so tiny and or I'll pick up a customer's phone to set up something on it for them and it's the the same thing. I, I even ran into somebody the other day that was still running an iPhone 4 and they handed it to me to set up their exchange email or something and I said, "My gosh, you know, how long have you had this phone?" <laughs> anyway, uh it's a that's an exaggeration, I'm wow. sure, to go from a 13 Pro Max to an iPhone 4. It, it's like that SNL bit where Fred Armisen is saying, "Here's the new iPod Nano," and then he shows, "Here's the new, you know, iPod Micro," and it's the size of like a smaller than a postage stamp. And then he's got another one. He's like, "This is the iPod whatever," and it's an even smaller number than Micro. And they show a close up of his hand, and you're supposed to be able to see it, but there's literally nothing in his hand. I know it's not that ex- extreme, but it, it feels like that Yeah, sometimes. no, I'm sure. Yeah. I noticed on the maps, I was just going to say, on the drive from Memphis to Oxford, it was the first time that I heard it tell me about a speed trap. I, I use it a lot, but I hadn't heard that. But on I-55 between Batesville and Memphis, two different times on Sunday, it told me speed trap reported ahead or something like that. It, but it called it a speed trap. Instead of saying the police are up, it said speed trap up, up ahead. So It's exciting that, that people that. are using it. Every time I see a cop, whether I'm driving or not, whether my wife's driving, I'm driving, I report that immediately. So I'm trying to do my part in Atlanta, at least, to make it as close to my experience with Waze as possible. I'm not familiar with a lot of these little side streets and other things that it wants me to go down. So being able to use something that's more intuitive, I don't have a heads-up display on my car. I can't tell you the difference between 350 feet and 400 feet. It could be this, could be that. I've noticed that Waze seems to be a little bit worse also when it comes to telling you when to turn after your turn. So if I'm having to turn left and then immediately having to turn right or something like that, Apple Maps gives you that heads-up at least on CarPlay, at least for me. It may do it under ways, but I have not seen it to the extent that I've seen it with Apple Maps. It's just a lot more uh, intuitive than it is on the other applications that you can use for navigation. The other thing that I've found with iOS 15 is the screen sharing has been amazing. So I've been able to do technical support with my mom using that. She'll ask me a question 
And instead of having to get her to film the iPad with the iPhone while we FaceTime, that always goes swimmingly, I can just say, touch the screen and then touch the little thing to share it. And then I can see what's going on. And we don't have to, we don't have to go through this whole song and dance of, of trying to figure out how to do this. So I That's echo cool. the same sort of sentiments you have with the widgets. I use the Spark widget on my iPad for email, and it seldom, if ever, updates. And I'm sure that's an Apple thing, but it's ridiculous at this point that widgets have been around since, I think, iOS 13, and we still don't have widgets that actually refresh on their own. Hearing what Jim's done with focus modes, I really need to do something similar to that. I haven't yet, but I, I really should. There's really no excuse for me not to have done it, but the 1Password extension for iOS has been great. I was on the iPad Pros podcast about a month ago, and we talked about some extensions that I also used. And one of those is one that takes the AMP links from Google search results and gets rid of them automatically. One is called Noir that makes every site in Safari a dark mode site. So that's kind of nice. My brother and his wife were here this weekend and I upgraded them to iOS 15. I spent quite a bit of time going through and making sure they knew about a lot of these new features as best I could, but also showing them how 1Password works under the new OS and the new version. I think they're still on 6. But we got them upgraded as well. So overall, I've, I've been very pleased with what I can do. Again, the HomePod OS has been hit or miss. I came down here to record and I told you know Siri to turn on my uh, overhead light like I've done a million times before. She couldn't do it. I had a scene called Lights Out that I used to run every once in a while. And I would invoke that scene. And apparently that's a reserved phrase now because it was like, which lights do you like to turn off and which house? It had never done that before, so I had to rename that scene Darkness. Like, I've had some glitches here and there that are not perfect, but overall, especially on the iPhone 13 Pro Max, uh, to Jim's point, it's been... Oh, it, Safari has worked a lot better in that context. I'm loving the address bar at the bottom. I never thought I would. It annoyed me at, the, at first, but that one-handed browsing was made for that, so... I also got my wife to upgrade from her iPhone 8, and we finally settled on an iPhone 13 for her. We had mini for a while, didn't quite work out. Battery life was terrible. She stays at work for, you know, 10 plus hours a day, usually every time she's there. And it just didn't make any sense to have something where you couldn't have a full charge. So she finally got over her hatred of Face ID and embraced the Face ID and RIP Touch ID, even though she still has it on her iPad mini 6, but it's on the top of the iPad when you touch it. I gave my brother when he was here the Series 6, and I've been using his Series 3, which was my Series 3 from 2017, for the last few days. And my goodness, that it, it feels like I went back in time 300 years. I, I cannot stand it. So my new Apple Watch should be here tomorrow. Right now, I'm not even wearing it. I'd rather not wear one at all than have to, to go through the tiniest screen. It doesn't oh, even display all my oh, icons properly. Oh, you poor... Oh. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but... I use Home Plus. It's one of those apps that you can configure. The icon that I picked for it that works in iOS 7 on all my other watches does not work on there. It's just a white square where that thing should be. The Series 3 really needs to be retired. Let's put aside the it fact that it's slow, but yeah, it's terrible. It should have been retired last year. Or the year before. Like It's really old, but it came to my attention that I had uh, three Apple Watches here. I had a Series 5, no, a Series 4, a Series 5, and a Series 6. My brother got my 6, my mother got my 5, and my wife was happy to just keep using the 4 because it just she just used it for counting her steps. So she didn't really care about some of those features because she was supposed to get the 6, but she didn't. I'm really pleased overall with iOS 15 and iPad OS 15. I still have the beta profile on my iPad and I need to, I guess beta two just came out tonight. So maybe I'll put beta two of 15.2 on there. 
My wife has enjoyed her Series 7. I didn't get a, a new one. I, I was like, ah, I think I'm okay for this year after I saw everything. Hers looks great. It's the smaller version, but the screen does look noticeably bigger. She's got a Series 4 or 5 that I think we're going to hand me down to either her, her mom or one of her sisters at Christmas time. We've got that whole Apple Watch hand-me-down thing. You've got to be a pretty lucky person out there if you know an, an Apple nerd. Because we're all giving our phones back now. Like, you're trading your phone back in. But the watches we own and, and pass down. If you know an Apple nerd, maybe they got a phone for you. So you, you should probably ask. Or, sorry, if they might have a watch for you. That's what I meant. <laughs> Technology definitely trickles down in my house. Anybody that's related to me, if I'm going to have to do tech support for them, they're usually going to have at least one component that's easy for me to do from afar. And one thing I guess to say about the Apple Watch is that it's iterated far enough to where the watches are still usable to be handed down. Because the Series 0, as it was called, and the Series 1, and even the Series 2, to an extent, by the time we all upgraded those watches, they weren't really, the battery life on them was just so terrible, and the usability was just not great. I know my daughter tried to use the Series 0 as a hand-me-down, and after two weeks, she had just collected dust. It was not even worth it. And for all the talk we talk about the Series 3 and Apple, you should really stop selling it. it. It's still usable for the general population, I would think, in a lot of ways. Like what you said with your wife, she just uses it to count steps, so she doesn't really care about a lot of the features. The, the big problem that I think that Apple has is that whenever a new version comes out, they immediately destroy all the old versions. Like when Series 5 came out, you couldn't get the Series 4, but you could get the Series 3. Same for Series 6. You can't get the Series 5, but you can still get the Series 3. Series 3 is the last 32-bit device that Apple makes. Upgrading the OS on a Series 3 takes forever. My brother wasn't on watchOS 8 yet, so I did that for him. And it, it took overnight. Even doing the trick where you turn off the Bluetooth and force it over Wi-Fi, it still didn't work fast. So it was just it was terrible. It was like, why would you not? At least with the phones, right? You go to buy an iPhone 13, you can buy last year's 12. And when the 12 was new, you could buy the 11. Go one generation back. Sell the 5 alongside the or 6 or sell the 6 alongside the 7, something like that. The, keeping the 3 around while getting rid of all the others, like the Apple Watch SE, I think is a good idea simply because it has lower features, but it's not a Series 3 as far as I know. And you can still do things with that watch. That should be the starter watch. It should not be the Series 3 anymore. I think the SE is like a watered-down 6. Yeah, with some features missing. I think the SE is Apple's plan to become the three, but for whatever logistical supply reason, they still can't get it cheap enough, or uh, I don't know. It's been a mystery to everybody. Nobody has a really good reason as to why the three is still being sold. So have you guys actually used the notification summaries yet in iOS? I have not. My goodness, it is the best thing. You guys have to use this if you haven't already. So like one of my big beefs with notifications in iOS, and I even got into it with somebody on Twitter about this, is that you get these apps and it's an all or nothing proposition, right? Uber Eats and DoorDash are the worst. I want to know when my food has been picked up and it's on its way. But outside of that, you don't have to send me push notifications at inopportune times to tell me about deals that I probably won't even take advantage of anyway. I used to hate when I would get a push notification from Uber Eats or DoorDash or any of those annoying little apps where you still don't want to turn notifications completely off, but you don't want to be spammed 
notification summary is perfect. I put my Amazon stuff in there. I put uh, Discord notifications in there. I put Uber Eats and, and Amazon and those types of things. Any food delivery app has that stuff go in there. And you get as many notification summaries as you want a day. I think I have one at 8 a.m. and one at 8 p.m. I barely look at those. My phone is so much more usable because of those notification summaries. So if you haven't done that and you're tired of, of getting notifications for things you don't care about, absolutely do it because you can still get time-sensitive notifications that pop through like, hey, your food's been picked up rather than I don't need Amazon to tell me, oh, your package was delivered. Yeah, I'm usually there and looking for it anyway. So it's not like I need that instant push notification. It's neat if you haven't used it. Well, on that suggestion, I just went and turned it on and you're absolutely right. This is something I'm very upset I have not used already. I'm, I'm looking forward to setting this up over the next couple of days. My default thing is to not allow notifications. And now I can go back a little bit on that and allow notifications. Uh, I joined a, a friend's Discord not too long ago, and I was just getting pinged all day long of new messages. All right, oh, I, gotta, God, yes. I want to see notifications, but I don't want to have this. And yeah, I'm sure you can go in there and fine tune it, but why not just throw it in the roll-up summary and then at eight o'clock at night, oh, what did everybody say today? And I can take a glance and see if it's worth checking in today or not. I'm on a couple of Pokemon discords and yeah, you have to really watch it because there's a bunch of channels in each one and people are reporting finding this here and hey, there's a raid over here and a raid over here and come do this. And, and these are for areas of Dallas. Now that I've got a smaller one with just people I work with that play and most of them aren't even in Dallas, but yeah, discord is definitely a chatty app. So let's talk about new MacBooks. Since we've been calling also as well, Apple decided to go and fix everything that had been a complaint of MacBook owners for quite some time. So there are new MacBook pros that are out new, uh, mini led tech, just like you have on the iPad pro and the XDR displays. Have any of you guys got a chance to see those in person? Because I have not. But having an iPad Pro, I know what those displays look like. So I can only imagine they're probably the best Mac displays that they've ever made. I ha I have not seen them in person. And that's almost on purpose because I really want one. So I'm kind of just waiting till the end of the year come bonus time. And I can't decide on a 14 or a 16. Like in my head, it was a 14, but now I've watched some YouTube videos and I'm like, maybe a 16. I don't know. And then the M1 Air that I bought earlier this year, that's still pretty loaded. I've got a nephew who graduates in May and I'm really proud of him. He's just a great kid. And so I don't know if I'm going to spoil him that much or not, but he might end up with a really loaded MacBook Air to hopefully head off to Ole Miss too. So that that's part of it. You know, I'm going to go home over Christmas and we've got to talk him into Ole Miss. And if he's going to Ole Miss, then I think it's probably a done deal. If he's going to Southern Miss, then I don't know. Maybe I just buy him a Dell. So we'll see. Got to go recruiting. Jim holds the new MacBook over his head. You got to go to Ole Miss. You get this. If you go to Southern Miss, here's the Chromebook for you. <laughs> I was talking to somebody the other day that works in a pre-production shop, and he was going to replace a lot of his i7 Intel Macs, iMacs from 2017 with new M1 iMacs, and he's going to supposedly, he has heard that there's going to be a, a new iMac released like first quarter or second quarter of next year. That'll have larger 27 and 30 inch screens and will potentially have the M1 Pro also in it. So that's pretty exciting. I haven't been able to see the, the new MacBooks in, in person yet. I was going to say, Jim, the base price between 14 and 16 is only $500. So 
it's a small price to pay if you're already right. spending two grand. You might as well get the sixteen. You're a bad influence. <laughs> I'm sorry. So one of the things that's really nice about the new MacBook Pros, of course, is that they've undid the previous single port or multi-port only sort of configurations where you only had USB-C. And now you actually have three Thunderbolt USB-C ports, HDMI, an SD card slot, and uh, the return of MagSafe. The real MagSafe, the kind that kept you from tripping over your laptop and pulling it off the table or a desk. You can now, it'll just, you know, break the cord and you put it right back in. So that's nice. The HDMI and SD card slots are a little bit unimpressive in that they are uh, HDMI 2.0, where you can do 4K at 60 hertz, but not 4K at 120 hertz or 8K at 60 hertz. And the SD card supports UHS 1 and 2, but not 3. And of course, if you want those technologies, you can always just use the USB-C Thunderbolt port or get a dongle that would allow you to, to interface in between the two. I can't believe that it's taken this long for a Max to get a 1080p webcam. That still blows my mind. That that's you know. real silly. <laughs> I think the problem is that the, the lids where they put the uh, they put the camera is much smaller than what you would get on a phone or an iPad because your phones and iPads have had great front facing cameras for for generations now, and it's just it's. I'm not even getting into the 1080p. Why on God's green earth is center stage not a part of these laptops? You've put it in the base model iPad for God's sake. You've put it in the three hundred dollar iPad. Why are you not going to put it in your $3,000 laptops? That is the most ridiculous thing. I have no doubt there's some technical reason. Sure, it, I don't care. It's ridiculous. You, the lids aren't as thick as an iPad. iPad. It, it, it doesn't matter. I'm not, I don't even know how, how thick or thin the lid is. It doesn't matter. You have this phenomenal web conferencing technology in center stage that everybody has raved about. You're going to have these new laptops that you're going to put in the in, in the front of every developer who is going to have to Zoom when they're working from home. And you're still going to give them this crappy 1080p webcam that you would have found like a 1994 e-machine that would have a better camera than this. It's insane. Even more so, there's no face ID there. That, to me, is the questionable choice. We still have the notch, yet no face ID. And that, I think that's more of a security thing than anything because you could sit down in front of your Mac and it'll pick up the face ID immediately and, and unlock. And so I think the fact that you still have to like press your finger on something on the keyboard is almost like you have to actually instigate an action to get it to unlock versus it just unlocking automatically. And I think they defaulted to that. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to, at least in my head, hope that's some reason there. Cause why we have a notch and no face ID seems weird. In my opinion, this is why the iPad Pro with the Magic Keyboard is a better proposition to me than a MacBook Pro is just in this. I, and I know that there's lots of use cases where a MacBook Pro is better. If you're doing some really high-end video editing, I'm, I'm sure having the 10-core uh, CPU with two additional performance cores is, is phenomenal. Not that the iPad Pro is any kind of slouch, but just having those things that I've come to depend on and come to, to like and then not having them on the Mac would be a huge step down from what I'm used to. I hate Touch ID on a Mac. I may be alone on this, but I hate Touch ID on a Mac. Even though my hands are on a keyboard, it's still not a natural action to me. The unlock with Apple Watch is better than Touch ID on Agreed. a Mac. And when you go to use something like 1Password or any of those things, I, I know you can configure it to use other things like your Apple Watch, but by default, it wants you to, to stop your typing flow and touch that one button and hold it there for a minute while it unlocks. And the same goes for filling in passwords or any of that type of thing. I wish Apple still did what they did 20 years ago where they made an eyesight camera, which was an external camera you could put on your things. 
And I do understand the logistics. You don't want to do that and have face ID because it has to map back to the uh, secure enclave, right? That's the that's one of the big deals about using this is making sure you're able to utilize the secure enclave. I get it. But this is another reason that I would say that I wouldn't want a MacBook Pro, but I'm, I'm afraid that the iMacs, as thin as they've been, won't even do something like that, which is, again, silly. Your face is in front of your computer all day long. Whenever you go to use it, that's where your face is. And picking up the iPad or just going to do something and all of a sudden it just magically unlocks by looking looking in its direction, It's to me, that's much better than the MacBook Pro. Granted, there are certain desktop apps I couldn't podcast like I'm doing right now from the iPad Pro, but it would be a small price to pay to be able to use that as my primary computer just for things like Face ID or the center stage, which, by the way, I was FaceTiming with my mom when my brother was here on Friday, and... That center stage was awesome. We could both step back. I could pop in and into frame, out of frame. It was like having your own dedicated cameraman, and it was just wonderful. It was the best. And to not have it on a MacBook Pro that can cost $6,100 if you fully load it is insane to me. Drops the mic and just walks off. There you go. I was going to say, is anybody going to miss the touch bar? No. No, not really. I love my little MacBook Air, so we'll see... Basically, it's just a matter of, do I want the bigger screen now? And do I want the, the LEDs? It's less about the yes. speed, more about the super screen on the pros. And I think it's faster than the Air. I'm a database guy. Everything I'm doing is in the cloud now, so I don't really need necessarily local processors. I need to be able to run a bunch of browser windows, basically. The speed is it's not necessarily... A requirement. I, I think it's more of just, do I stick with the air because it is super convenient and tiny and I can bring this thing anywhere or do I upgrade? So we'll see. I'll probably end up talking myself into it, but I've made myself like a built-in wait to the end of December 1st of the year before I decide what I'm going to do. Multi-core, multi-tab rendering. You need all that CPU power for Safari if you're going to use that as your default browser. I think that the Jim's point about the Pro and the Max and the M1 is an interesting point for this reason. My wife has my hand-me-down iPad Pro. She was nice enough to get me one of the mini LED ones. I gave her my third generation. It's a 2018, which was an A12X, maybe? Is that right? A13X, something somewhere in there. But that's a chip that's three, four years old now. And it's still in iOS. Granted, iOS is not Mac OS. I understand that. It still runs everything you can throw at it. Lickety split. There's no slowdown. There's no nothing. The M1 is a huge step up from that A12X. The M1 Pros and Maxes are a huge step up. Small or huge, but still big step up from the The, the power that these chips have now, how many years is it going to be before we outclass that? Macs are already have a reputation for being machines that you use for four, five, six years and then still hand me down to somebody else and get more use out of them. We have two 2011 MacBook Airs in the house. They're still usable. They're not a lot of fun to use, but they still run. I've got a 2012 Mac Mini at the office that I still use. It's now in a closet. I threw a Ubuntu distro on there for an in-house server. Hardware still does just fine. It's one of those that with these M1s, you're going to see a lot of people, I think, that upgrade them, that they're going to be out of the market for a much longer time. And I don't know if that's an issue. It'd be an issue for Apple. It's definitely not an issue for the consumers. But I think it's one of those that it's still such a huge step up that everybody else in the market 
the, the Intels and the everybody else's, it's going to take them so long to catch up. That, I don't know. It's just, it's just it, at some point, it's, it's too much, too much. It just seems like how ridiculous is the power going to get? Going back to Jim's for just a minute, uh, when you're talking about the screen, with the work that you do most of the time, are you actually looking at a laptop screen or are you hooked to a, an external monitor anyway? I'm hooked to an external monitor. So that's part of my the thought process is if it looks like I'm going to start working out of the house more, going into the office, that kind of thing, then I definitely want it. But if I'm still just always going to be here. So tonight is actually the first night that I'm recording the podcast on the MacBook Air. Up until now, I've always used my old MacBook, like 2017 MacBook Pro. And within the last, I don't know, I'd say like last month, I finally took that MacBook Pro and it's still plugged in and it's got a couple external hard drives plugged into it and doing everything that always did, but it's not plugged into a monitor anymore. So my Air is plugged into my monitor and I still use it a lot on the couch, but I bring it in here. And so tonight is the first night that I've actually like, I had to get audio hijack set up and I'm glad I started that by about 530 or I'd still be doing it because you got to reboot five times or something crazy for (laughs) the security stuff. And I really like this little thing. That's one of the reasons I want to see the 14 and the 16, because I'm worried that even if I go 16, the text is going to be small on the 16, the way they're built. And so I might as well just go ahead and go for the 14 and get bigger text in the, in the same kind of space just because my eyes, I'm just being honest, are getting old sucks. I was going to say Josh's point talking about how is Intel or even AMD going to keep up. And Intel announced, I don't know, what was it, a month ago, two months ago, that they're pivoting and they're going to keep making CPUs, but they're also going to be retooling to become like a semiconductor forge for other companies you farm out your designs and whatever and send them on over and i guess that's a good way to make sure you keep making money if you know that you're not going to be able to keep up and they have figured that out yeah chip forges are one of those things that are really needed tsmc and samsung probably do the most chip design and production of chips for the rest of the world. So more is, is definitely better. But I think also they're having to do that because they know they are going to be pretty much irrelevant at some point. ARM is really going to overtake, even if it is Apple's customization of ARM, it's going to overtake Intel in terms of performance and speed. While they take a while to catch up, it's going to, uh, it's going to be nice to have something where they can not only break our dependence on one or two companies being able to do it, but also have a good revenue stream to keep them around. And I think I shared a link, and maybe I'll put this in the show notes, about how they were going to keep the designs private and you didn't have to worry that if you had some breakthrough process that you get Intel to do, that they're going to steal it from you or let another customer use it or something like that. Very interesting because there's not, you don't find a lot of discussion about chip foundries in the regular tech media, but it's something that everybody depends on. So those of y'all that are looking at the new MacBook Pros, what are y'all's thoughts on the notch? There were a lot of people that seemed like they got upset with the notch and Maybe it's because I'm used to it on the iPhones, but it's to me, it just seemed not that big of a deal. What are y'all's thoughts on that? I, I think I'll notice if I got one, I'd notice it for a week at most, and then basically just probably not even notice that it's there. I think on a Windows machine, you would notice it because the way Windows is basically set up with the taskbar at the bottom and the start menu. and But with the Mac having the menu bar at the top, and hopefully the notch eating only into the menu bar, I don't run that many apps to where the icons go all the way across and back when i did i ran a bartender to keep that under control anyway so 
I don't know if I'd really notice it that much, honestly. It, it doesn't worry me. I'd rather have the big screen, the the whole screen be the whole screen versus having an outside camera and the screen not be as big elsewhere. I have about 25, I just counted, 25 things in my menu bar here on the iMac. And that wasn't even something that I set out to do. It just happened over time. I've seen people dunking on Apple, particularly those that actually use Bartender, because I think it was having some issues. The developers get blindsided by this stuff and have to react. And I think it's going to be fine in a little while. I don't understand. I guess I can see it. They want to give you the maximum amount of real estate without having to make the uh, the bezels be a thing. The more is better, I suppose. I I thought it would bother me on the phone. For the most part, it doesn't. Even when I'm watching uh, full screen videos turned to the side on my iPhone, it's not usually a big deal to me because it doesn't take up that much space. Obviously, I would love it if they could put the notch inside the screen so that you couldn't actually see it. That would be the holy grail, but maybe we'll get there eventually. But same with a Mac. Though, to be fair, if I were using one of the new MacBook Pros, I don't think it would be a big deal. It would take five, ten minutes or whatever, and then I'm used to yeah. it. And it's like, this is always the way it was. You, you know what I find more annoying than that could ever be? Is the camera on my iPad Pro is on the left side of the screen instead of the top. And so, I guess now that you have center stage, that may be fine. But it annoys the hell out of me when I do get on calls on my iPad. And I, I rarely do video on there like for work, but personal, a lot of you know, video, doctor's calls, parents, brothers, friends, whatever. It's so annoying that that camera is on the left side of the screen versus being on the top when you're running with the, the keyboard. That's annoying. I, I'm surprised more people haven't complained about that. There was a rumor that Apple was going to make a software modification that made it so that your eyes look like it's looking at the camera, no matter where you're actually looking. I think that would probably look a little bit unnatural. That would also be a solution. If they would hurry up and implement that, I would love that. <laughs> Everybody like that uses Harry an iPad Potter has paintings. a glass eye. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, too. The iPhones don't even have the center stage, I don't think. Am I right on that? I don't think no, they do. No, they don't. No, they don't. So. they don't. Yeah. So the only device that I have that does center stage is the iPad. And I think I've showed this to you guys. I have a stand behind me that puts the iPad at face height. So at least if I am talking, you're not looking up my nose. You're actually looking dead on. But that's the thing that really irritates me as well. As much as I paid for that iPad, they could have put a second camera on the side just as well as put it on the top. They should call it left of stage. Like, right? I mean, <laughs> Exit stage left would have been would have been a nice thing to, to Exit stage left even. There you go. What was that? That was a Snagglepuss. Snagglepuss. Uh, that's yep. right. Snagglepuss. Yep. I think that's all we had to talk about this week. Yeah, Twitter has brought back Nuzzle. If you remember the new sharing service that they bought that I used to use all the time. You have to pay three bucks a month to use it. And I, on principle, don't want to give that cesspool of a site any money every month. You know what I mean? It just feels wrong. I'm paying for Inno Reader every month because of y'all. So there you go. Nice. It is the best. It is awesome. Getting kickbacks Let me in on some beta or something, and I've got some of the newer features. Yeah. Now I can't go back. You really can't. It's one of those where I understand there's other RSS services either built into an app or whatnot, but there are so many nice things about Inno Reader. I do not mind paying them the money every month. I really don't. You're welcome, everyone. Yeah, that was one where yeah. when y'all ta started talking about it, I'm like, that is totally not worth it. And then you get the, the demo week or month or whatever it is, and you start messing with the rules and adding them to filters, and you're like, oh, man, this is nice. I use it to check a bring a trailer. So I have bring a trailer added on there. That's the site where people sell their own cars. And so they don't really have an RSS feed per se, but you can 
add bring a trailer on there and yeah it's awesome there are certain niche programs that just do something and no one else seems to want to be in that space and that feels like one of those where they've just got this figured out and nobody's even really competing with them you guys watch any good movies play any good video games anything going on with you guys i haven't picked up any new apple hardware but the two things i'd have picked up was one i did get a kindle fire eight Jim kind of rubbed off on me a little bit. Actually, it wasn't Jim. It was my wife. With the new iPad minis coming out, I had iPad mini Envy and really wanted one but could not justify the price. And my wife, so if you're just going to get it to to use as a bedside tablet, she said, spend $60 on a Kindle Fire. And that really makes a lot of sense. I can at least see that if I use it. And truth be told, I haven't used it that much. But when I'm sitting at the bedside, it has been nice to catch up in a reader's native on there. And it's, it's shown me that I would have wasted money on an iPad mini. I really would have. The other purchase I've made here recently, I did upgrade my Switch to one of the OLED switches. And if, if you own a Switch and you play it in handheld more often than docked, it is a really wonderful upgrade. Game-wise, I did pick up Metroid Dread. It is a phenomenal, wonderful game. It's also shown me that I'm old. And it is the first game in my life that I've gotten to the end boss. And I'm like, I don't think I'm going to invest the hours needed to beat this. I think I'm just done. I remember playing the original Metroid in the summer of 1988 and playing that extensively until I finally beat it. I may have to pick up Metroid Dread. And what a great game it was in 1988. Oh, oh, indeed. God. It was so ahead of itself, yeah. Well, and, and Super Metroid was such a phenomenal sequel to it. Well. Technically, the Game Boy had the Metroid 2, but it was very weird. And then uh, Super Metroid on the Super NES was uh, just phenomenally done. And still go back and, and replay Super Metroid every now and then as I can. It, yeah, they're just wonderful games. I've gotten so many video games lately that uh, I'm having to figure out time that I want to go and, and play these things. I've had uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which is Excellent, by the way. It is wonderful. It is probably one of the best Marvel games ever made. I had some reservations because Square Enix made it just like the one they did the Avengers game, and that has been uniformly pretty much terrible. This is the opposite of that. This has been really good. Uh, I just got Far Cry 6 this past weekend, or as I like to call it, Giancarlo Esposito, the video game. And (laughs) I've cracked it open, but I haven't actually played it yet because I want to get through Guardians first. Some of my friends were bugging me, pick up Far Cry, pick up Far Cry, it's awesome. So it was on sale, I think, through Walmart, and I ordered the uh, the disc the other day and just got it. And what was the other game? There's another game that I had been playing. Oh, Back for Blood, the uh, the game made by the Left 4 Dead people, which is fun. I'm enjoying it. Still, I would have rather had Left 4 Dead 3, but it's the uh, sort of the next best thing, so I've got no real complaints. And the new Aliens game that came out. <laughs> I've been playing a lot of games. The new Aliens game that came out for uh, PS5 and Xbox. I forget what it's called. It's Escape. It's the only Aliens game that's new for that system. And it's, especially in co-op, is a lot of fun. It is it is great. Just so getting, like Aliens, Ridley Scott Aliens? Yes. That yes. property? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. It's killing me that I can't. It's not Alien Isolation. That was the one that came out a couple of years ago. I have that one, too. Is it uh, Aliens Fireteam Elite? There we go. Aliens Fireteam Elite. That's the one. That's a lot of fun. And it's actually not expensive. I think it's like 35 40 bucks, something like that. So uh, it's not bad. I did get an Oculus Quest 2, which is... Uh, I can't do it. It's plugged up, but it's right here next to me. And uh, I plan on getting Resident Evil 4 on that. I've heard that it's amazing. It's a really great game. So looking forward to trying that out. And I'm trying to get back now that I'm, I'm healthy enough to do it. I think I'm about get back into doing a supernatural and do workouts on that thing, at least on the lowest intensity for a while and sort of get back into things. My health has improved to the point that I think I can handle it if I do it in the morning. So 
but yeah, I have just been, I've been uh, video news. game crazy over here. So Brian, did you get one of the new HomePod minis? Did you order that? Have you received those yet? I wasn't sure if those were shipping yet. That is a great point. Yes, I did both receive it. So they went on sale on Monday, November 1st. I ordered an orange one. I actually put a little thing on Twitter. I know Brad saw it where I just put the word orange and it had the uh, the setup screen from the iPhone on it. And it was there by the third. So it, it got here f- fairly quickly. I wish it had, I wish it had gotten there before Halloween because that would have gone with the orange motif that we had all over the place. Like a bunch of classless Tennessee fans in my house, but uh, like orange, what can I say? My regular home pods give me more trouble than the mini. I don't know why. They're running the same OS. It shouldn't be a problem, but the minis seem to not screw up as much as the, the larger size HomePod. I don't know why that is. It's anecdotal, but it's it's an odd thing. I now have, I think, three HomePod minis and three regular HomePods. So I've got about six, I think. Is that right? I know I have three of the full size. And I had, yeah, three of the full size and three minis. Those are like a hot commodity now, right? You can sell those for a markup. Yeah, the full size ones, <laughs> I, but I want to collect more of them. That's the problem. I wish I had gotten a couple more before they discontinued them. That would have been very nice to have. But the minis aren't bad. I like being able to stick them in different places. And anytime I tell Siri to do something, I'm heard from at least one of those. And it works again. I know we've had countless conversations about how you guys, you mumble mouths can't yeah. get Siri to work. I'm really tempted to order a mini and and I just haven't done it yet. I know it's only a hundred bucks and on the grand scheme of things, it's just a hundred bucks. I bought the new AirPods just because I've got to try them out and I've really liked them. There were a lot of comments about falling out of the ears or whatever. And for me, my right ear is just fine. It never moves. But my left ear, I do have some issues with it. It'll jiggle loose. So I guess I am asymmetrical in the ears. But I've enjoyed them. I took my pros this weekend because I was going to be on the plane. I've been using them for calls. And so now I, I leave one set upstairs and one set downstairs. And that's what I've been doing with them. But I just wanted to give them a shot. And so I, I jumped in on that. And that was, so I did that instead of the the minis. I was like, do you want a mini? I'm like, no, get the air. (laughs) So I went that route. There was one more thing I wanted to shout out. I recently got a case for my iPhone 13 Pro Max from Nomad. And Nomad makes really nice cases. They're pricey. They're like Apple pricey. And like I'm legit can play like the Apple for the case and I never complained, but for other cases, I've always tried to get cheaper ones. Well, Nomad had a 20% off or something like that. So I ordered the the leather case from them and I love it. It is like premium. The sides are a, a plastic-ish and the back is like the really nice leather, but the buttons feel great. It feels great in your hands. It's super light. I think the nicest iPhone case I've ever I've bought, but it feels great in the hand. It's leather. It, it's really high end. And when I ordered it, I ordered the little AirPods 3 case to match it. And those won't come in till like sometime next month, but I'll have the matching leather for that too. So excited about that. But the case is really nice. Too bad Jason's not here. He would have uh, loved to hear that. I can't really mock you for buying the Apple case when I got my Hermes Apple Watch arriving tomorrow. Big ball. Yeah. Yeah. I got to tell you, the the calf skin, the, the leather that they use on their bands is the softest thing you've ever put on. It's it's amazing. I did watch Renee Ritchie's review of that. He was the one that I saw the one that he bought, and I'm like, ooh, that looks really nice. And then next thing you know, it's in my cart and I didn't submit. But uh, I saw his review of it. It looks great. I can't wait to to play with those custom faces. 
I watched the an unboxing of the AirTag, like the was it Hermes AirTag or one of them? There's they they make a strap, a, uh, a keychain or whatever for it, and it's just yeah. So you can buy that, and it actually I think come like comes all together, whatever. And that was really funny. That review was talking about how the the tag is actually marked special or something. For something that's not going to touch my skin, I don't care what it's made out of. It could be made out of the scratchiest material on earth, and it wouldn't matter to me. So. I can ditch that Series 3 tomorrow. I'm going from one end of the spectrum to the very end of the spectrum now, so that's something. If it were only ceramic. (laughs) Oh, that would have been the best. I'm not a big fan of just stainless steel. I like sort of the black stainless steel, but the regular stainless steel that that comes in will be fine. It'll go with just about everything, so I can't really complain, but I love black. I feel like just such a a peasant with my Series 4 and the standard default band with it, nothing fancy. My doctor wife is still rocking a four. This is the, uh, I wear black on the outside because that's how I feel on the inside. Let me do the emo (laughs) hair whip. Roses are black. Life is black. Everything is black. I wish I were dead. I guess that's all I have for this week. You guys got anything else before we call it a show? Nothing. Check out Invasion on Apple TV+. It's hella good. I think it's to its fifth episode now but it's it's really great i imagine brian is probably gonna wait till it finishes and just binge it but it's been really great what was nice about it originally was they released the first three episodes the first weekend so then they get you get to the end of three and you're like man i can't wait was it as good as the nasa one brad on apple tv what was that one from earth to the moon or what well i forget for all mankind for, for all, all mankind. mankind. I'm not going to say it's as good, but now that you've seen For All Mankind through two seasons and you've gotten to know all the characters and whatnot, it's just a different type of show in that it For All Mankind is that has that dramatic feel that a long episodic show would have. And I'm not going to say Invasion is sort of like M. Night Shyamalan in that there's a twist at every turn, but there are those moments where you're like, whoa, you are, are thrown aback by a new wrinkle in the storyline, if you will. Okay. Yeah. We were late to For All Mankind until you just kept talking about how amazing it was. And we finished it so fast and we're like, oh my God, I can't believe that's all there is. We want more. So we'll have to check that one out uh, next. And New Dexter started two nights ago, by the way. Yeah, I just started watching the new Dexter. I, st- I haven't made it through the first episode yet, but I did want to watch the new Tom Hanks movie on Apple TV, Finch, where he builds a robot to take care of his dog. After that he looks dies. really cool. So We got about 20 minutes into that last night, and it was a really good 20 minutes, and then the wife was like, i got to go to bed, so we just went to bed. I imagine we'll finish it this week, though. I'm glad I'm not the only one that happens to. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, until next time, later, fellas. Later, fellas. Later, fellas. Please visit infiniteloopback.com for show notes and previous episodes. Follow us on Twitter. We're at infiniteloopback. That's at I-N-F-I-N loopback. I'm Brian B. That's at B-R-I-A-N-B. Jim is at Big Jim. That's at B-I-G-J-I-M. Jason is at J-S-N-Y-N-G. That's at J-S-N-Y-N-G. And Brad is at Meester Idol. That's at M-E-E-S-T-E-R-I-D-L-E. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.